Hey guys, welcome to Fit Dad Lifestyle Podcast. So today we've got Phil Hayes St. Clair. So Phil, serial business builder, entrepreneur, former Australian infantry soldier, and also been a member of um, Team Australia on the um, triathlon team. So welcome to the podcast, mate. Yeah, thanks very much, mate. Mate, tell the audience a little bit more about what you do. And um, actually, before we can get started, first of all, uh, if you hear that music in the background, um, Phil had the amazing idea the other day that we'll do this podcast while we're both at the gym. So um, it's a first, definitely, for the Fit Dad Lifestyle podcast. And um, <laughs> yeah, if you hear any grunting, moaning, or pauses, it's because one of us is either yeah, finishing off some sex or yeah, dying in the weights. So, yeah, it's probably going to be me dying more than anything else. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, any fun to barbells or dumbbells and you get a free warning and you know what's happening. And also the music in the background, there's no chance, uh, chance of changing that. So, but yeah, tell the audience a little bit more about um, yourself and you know, your background. Yeah, sure. Well, um, I grew up in country Queensland um, and ended up going to uh, to a, a major rugby school in Queensland before finding the cadets, the army cadets. Um, and I loved that very much, uh, ended up enlisting in the army after school. Um, yep. and the idea was to basically fly. I, I always wanted to fly and I thought, you know, flying uh, in the army would be fantastic as a cadet. I had a chance to sit in the back of a black Hawk, um, as, as part of one of our exercises. And it just was one of those, you know, life-changing moments where you said, actually, you know what, I, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Um, yeah. And so I also, through my cadet time, sort of realized it was, you know, we started to learn what leadership was all about. We learned all about what it was like to look after uh, guys. And so my point of view at that point was, look, I'm going to, I'm going to enlist. I'm going to be a, um, a regular soldier. I want to learn what it's like to be like that before I become an officer, um, just so I knew what it was like to lead people and what it was like to follow. Um, so I became um, a rifleman and then, you know, tried everything I could to become a pilot. Um, and there's a classification in the army called SSO, Special Service Officer, and I, I was trying to become that to, to fly um, and failed my first two attempts um, and then passed the third one, the third and final, uh, just to be told at the end of it that they discovered an eye problem that I had, which made me unserviceable sort of across the board. Um, there are a couple of clerical jobs I could do, but that wasn't too much fun. So I left and then, um, I essentially started working in Brisbane for a bank. Um, I was, you know, taking, I was working in a call center, um, taking, you know, calls from oldies trying to work out how much money there was in their accounts. And, um, I really learned that, you know, how to talk to people and how to listen to what was going on. And long story short, spent about six or seven years doing that before I started to create movements inside, you know, the bank and, then someone encouraged me to think about doing it you know, outside of the bank um, and do this thing called entrepreneurship, which was all about building a business from scratch and, and trying to work out how to make that work. And as you well know, there's, there's no real playbook to that. So you've got to, you've got to learn a lot yourself. Um, and so I've done that four times now, um, some with success and other times not much success. And, um, and today I'm building a biotechnology company, which uh, is called Drop Bio. And we focus on, helping people predict the onset of chronic disease using finger prick blood tests. Uh, and our ambition is to be able to help people um, identify the onset of a chronic disease years before it actually begins. So uh, I have a team here in Sydney. Uh, we work um, all over the place and uh, it's an exciting way to live life. Uh, more importantly, I've got two young daughters, um, one aged five and one aged seven uh, and an amazing wife. 
And uh, as, a, as a team, um, we spend a lot of our time just trying to live a good family life. And when I discovered what you're up to, it just everything that you were talking about um, resonated very, very strongly. Um, and it was just good to be able to, you know, join a brotherhood that was, that was doing some good things. Yeah, fantastic. Right? And to, what, uh, I'm pretty sure the podium did you go to before you started the whole pilot. Yeah, so I enlisted at uh, at a reserve unit at the 25th Battalion. Um, yep. I was in Toowoomba, and then that, um, through a series of mergers, um, ended up becoming the 25th 49th Battalion um, and based at the brigade in Inogra, um for most of that time. Yeah, okay. Um, with the biotech, is that something that is going to be available at the doctors, or is it something that you're aiming for people to do on their smartphone or? Yeah, it's like a self-service. Yeah, so we had a couple of options there. Um, and it's kind of interesting, right? There's a, there's a healthcare system that we all know and you know, maybe love or not. Uh, and that's a very treatment-focused kind of um, system where doctors and all the great people that go into that profession are about trying to help people get better. Um, yep. But there's not a great deal of focus, even though it's talked a good game, there's not a great deal of focus applied to uh, trying to keep people healthy who are already healthy. Um, and so our decision about how we would affect the, the greatest change was, you know, do you sort of try and change the system from within or do you look to try and create a system uh, separate to that? And so we've decided to make our model what was, what's referred to as a direct-to-consumer model, um, yep. which means that people can go online um, and buy these services and we, the results that we provide to our future customers because our product will go live next year um, essentially will be built so that they can take those results to doctors. They can securely share the results with doctors and they can have a very different uh, kind of proactive and preventative health-based conversation. Uh, and we're pretty excited about how that, the information that we're generating on, their, on, the, on a customer's behalf is going to help affect a really, a really great conversation with, with healthcare professionals. Yeah, definitely. Hi, that's very exciting. I'd love to have a chat to you um, a bit more off the air as well because I think there's a few connections I can help you um, yeah, get in touch with that might um, help with the whole um, process that we're going through right now. So. Yeah, we'd love that. Yeah, and mate, you obviously um, got a lot going on obviously with this new company and all the different brand building podcasts and um, you know, fatherhood and everything like that. How do you best manage you know, your time management and you know, is it your weekly like, very strict by uh, schedule like in the calendar or is it you know, all over the shop? Um. I'd love to say it's managed really, really carefully, <laughs> but um, I, I think it, there are parts of it which are and parts of which aren't. Um, so our, our daughters are at school. Um, like most parents, you know, we run, you know, as, as logistics as best as we can. Um, but essentially for me, I am up pretty early. So I'm usually up around 4 or 4.30, um, getting a workout done. And then I'm usually in the office by about 6 or 6.30. Uh, my daughter, sorry, my wife takes care of our girls getting to school. Uh, so I'm, in, I'm at work um, pretty early and as a chief executive, there's a lot obviously to get done. So um, I work uh, a very early day. I end up leaving work at about 4.30 or quarter to five um, and I go and pick up our girls from school and then it's my job to look after them, you know, get dinner ready, do homework with them, all that sort of stuff, um, which is hugely precious time. Like I, I, I just love it. Um, and then, you know, get them ready for bed. Um, and then I'm sort of back on the tools after that and try and be in bed by that 9.30 or 10 o'clock. Um, and that's the rule. Uh, and obviously there are exceptions to those rules. So, um, you know, if, if one of us has to travel, uh, and my wife has a, has a, um, a pretty significant 
um, corporate job that she that keeps it pretty active. Um, and so we just try and do the best we can to balance those two things out. But I think there's a couple of rules that we kind of have that we try and put forward. Um, and one of them is that we're in the memory creation game. Um, and so, you know, one of those things to, to make sure that we create the best memories that we can. Um, you know, and as a father, my objective is to try and be at home for as many of the bath times as I can before they don't want me to be around for bath time anymore. Um, yes. And so, yeah, for me, um, so far since Emily was born, who's our eldest, she's now seven, uh, seven years and about four months old, um, I've been able to maintain over 97.5% bath time attendance, um, which is my sort of personal metric for success as a dad. Um, as you well know, you know, bath times can be pretty chaotic. <laughs> um, I, I'm pretty sure most people wouldn't call them fun all the time. Um, no, but, flooded you know, bathrooms and toys everywhere. And that's it, right? But it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a contact sport at best. Um, but it's one of those things where as a dad, I look back at it and, and I think they realize, like the kids realize just how important that is. And I think when they get older, they'll realize just how important that is. So yeah, that's, they come with some of the rules that we have and, um, when it comes down to it, we hope that we're creating the best memories, but like every other parent, you know, it's never a, always a picnic. So we just try and do the best we can. And, and the second rule for us is just, we try and over communicate to each other um, because there's, there comes a point where, you know, sometimes it, it, you know, the going gets really tough and you get fatigued and life just takes over. So we just try and make sure that between my wife and I, we are, we, we just try and strive each day for better comms. So. Yeah, perfect. And like you mentioned well, at the start that you're in the Australian triathlon team as well. Does that um, take up most of your training now or the triathlon swap training or you're back in the gym just doing you know, everyday stuff? Yeah, it's just everyday stuff. I mean, um, you know, you obviously stay pretty fit when you're in the in the army and I always really enjoyed that. Um, when I left the army, I, I was in, I'll be honest, I was in a bit of a free fall trying to work out, you know, what to do next. Um, and it was difficult to know, you know, the purpose and identity and all that sort of stuff. And, and one of the things I took to pretty heavily out at the back of that was sport. And so um, I discovered I, I'd always swum um, pretty competitively as a young bloke. Um, and whenever I was in the water um, in the army, I just loved it. Um, I probably should have joined the Navy, although I told no one about that because that'd be, that'd be a, yeah. a bad thing to say. <laughs> and then it got to a point where um, I, I, I could run, but I wasn't a great runner, but I discovered I jumped back on the bike again. It was one of those things where I just didn't, you know, I got very long legs, so they're good pistons and it was, it was a good chance to get out there. And I just discovered I really enjoyed the pursuit of trying to make three sports work together. Uh, and then in 2004, made the Aussie team. We went to world champs in Madeira, Portugal. Um, and as soon as my foot crossed that finish line, um, I knew I'd sort of check the box. Um, and trying to work full time to pay for my triathlon habit was not easy. <laughs> so I ended up just taking out the bike riding. Um, and after that, just sort of gave that away and just got back into sort of, you know, just being strong. And, and when the girls came along, it really became a, you know, the mission was you know, be able to run after them. Um, and I saw a lot of, you know, of my colleagues who had young kids um, who maybe let, let the food and the, uh, and the drink sort of get the better of them. So I didn't want to be one of those. I wanted to be one of those dads who are on the, on the sport field, you know, running amok and, and create a bit of mischief. And, and that, that was kind of the, kind of the game. Um, and that's for now, you know, there's a gym in my house that I built. Um, I love getting out there on the run. Um, and it's just part of everyday life. Yeah, Your 4.30 timing looks pretty standard across the board to fit in with obviously the time management that you mentioned before. Yeah, look, I, I'm not I'm not great at night time. Um, you know, I, I sort of get things done and try and wind down. So 
I'm a firm believer of just you know playing to your strengths on the time of day. Uh, and for me, I've always been an early riser, so I just try and make that work. And, and I love being out there because you know I, I sort of run like a tranquilized giraffe, so no one needs to see that. I think it's good for me just to be able to do that in the dark. Yeah, hold on, the shadows. <laughs> yeah. Mate, what would be one, or you know, there might be even a couple of bits of advice that you could pass on to any farmers out there in regards to their own, you know, business, you know, fatherhood, or success, you know, through their own health and fitness journey. Yeah, look, I reckon, mate. I think it's really important that you've got that you have your own personal metric that you don't yeah, that's sort of yours to own, um, and it's got to be a, a, a pretty high level one. Like for me, as I said before, the idea of being home for bath times and sort of measuring that um, is something that keeps me honest. Um, even though you know I'll always have more to do at work and I'll have plenty of things to do. I think you know time is everything when you've got kids and. Um, you know, in 2.2 minutes, we're going to wake up one day and they'll be out doing their own lives. They won't be at home anymore. Um, and I, I heard my parents say that about me, um, but it only dawned on me when I had kids of my own. So I think it's important just to have your own personal metrics that, that is you know, not related to work. Um, it's all about them. And then I think, you know, I've heard you talk a lot about the idea of just being, just having pride in your own appearance and, you know, how you can inspire others. Um, uh, another mate of mine, Bram Conley, um, often says to me that you know don't never give up because you never know who you're inspiring and so it's one of those things that I, I hope that by you know what I do I, I you know other dads look at me and say actually I, I could probably give that a crack and then I become more healthy and more you know useful um, as a partner and just just be more happy you know about what's going on so I think finding that point of internal happiness is really really important and it can take some time because you've got to find your own groove but then if you work at it, things will, things will be pretty solid. Um, and then I think it's just about, yeah, how do you find happiness in, in your work? Um, I, I'm fortunate because I don't really work every day. Like I, I love what I do. Um, and yeah, it's difficult and there's some stuff you got to overcome, but I, you know, I, I've found what I'm, what I think I'm really good at. And so I have a really good time doing it. And my wife is the same with what she does. And so, you know, I just think it's one of those things that if, if you're not doing something you love and I get that there's often constraint around, you know, mortgages and, and the realities of life. Um, but, you know, I would fight to try and find the side hustle that you can start, which, you know, scratches that creative itch. Um, and just find a way to exercise that. And if that becomes really successful, then find a way to transition across so that you, you're doing that full time. Um, because bottom line, like life's too short. And I think you've just got to find a way to it. Um, and I spend a lot of time talking to guys and girls about that because, you know, I, I want people to live a really, really fulfilled life. I want them to look back and inspire others. And I think that's how change is created. So I think that's a, I think it's just a really important thing to do that. And the last thing would be to say, yeah, if you're looking to start something like a business or a side hustle or whatever it is, there are so many free resources online um, to start learning. There, there really are no excuses. So if you're, if you're scared about not, sh not being sure where to start, I mean, go to any one of the great entrepreneurship blogs or, you know, startup communities and just start learning. And I think that's, you know, that's the way to go. Yeah, 100%. And I think I'm actually... Uh, even with my own experience, I think YouTube has taught me absolutely everything. Um, you know, That's right. Through business, um, you know, building websites, you know, Facebook marketing, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, if you can't learn it on YouTube, I think there's something wrong. Um, it's, you know, <laughs> That's right. hundred thousand videos per Um And I think one thing you mentioned there that I think resonates with a lot of others is the fact that they don't realise how precious 
um, the time is right now. And, and I'll use your bark line routine. Like, it might not seem like much in the grand scheme of things, but by the time your girls are, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, and, you know, upwards, they're no longer on dad helping them out the bark line routine. That's um, it. You know, and, and it's the little things that, you know, you're going to be missing. You know, for them, nothing changes. You know, it's just go through the same, you know, morning routine or afternoon routine. But for you, it's that, you know, stage of your life that you'll never get back. And, you know, I think, and I mentioned this in a lot of posts of late, like a lot of fathers, you know, are sitting on their phone or maybe they're doing extra shifts at work and, you know, or, or you know, traveling and commuting back and forth, but they're missing all these daily things that, you know, they can't ever get back because their kids are never going to be that age again. And, you know, it might feel like the days are long, but the years are constantly just breezing past. Like, you know, look, for example, we're already, you know, second of March and you know, where's the last three months gone? That's it. Flown by. So, um, yeah, no, I, I congratulate you on you know, having that set structure and you know, making the most of every opportunity with your, your daughters because it, it just flows way too quick. And my kids are even a little bit younger than yours. They're uh, six and three. And you know, it's one thing that you mentioned earlier about living that, you know, making memories and um, you know, rather than everything else. And it's something that I'm trying to implement a lot more into not only myself, but into the way that I try and educate and, you know, motivate others is to, you know, life is so short and, you know, nothing's guaranteed, like tomorrow's not even guaranteed. So if we're not making memories now and something does happen, whether it's, you know, a severe injury or, you know, even the worst case scenario of death, then, you know, I want my kids to be able to, you know, have those memories. And any same age with, you know, technology the way it is, you can full-blown movies, you know, documenting different events or activities. That's or, it. You know, yep. Holidays. So, you know, if I haven't got that to look back on, then what could I have? Um, and that's sort of one thing that I want a lot of fathers, you know, who are listening to this to understand that, you know, life can be flipped upside down and, and it may not even be at a fault of your own. Um, and, and that can change very quickly. So if you're not standing right now to, you know, document those memories, um, then, yeah, there's going to be an issue later in life, I think, with um, the word regret and you know, having, having that sense of, you know, what could I have done 10 years' time to answer me rather than what you could be doing right now to you know, change that future. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, and I laud you for it. I mean, the, the idea of having regret around kids, I think, is, you know, it's probably the, the worst thing you could probably have. Um, so, look, just be, being positive about it and just getting after it, I think, um, and even, you know, I heard someone say the other day that, you know, today's the, the, the first day of the rest of your life. You know, if you don't feel like you've got it sorted yet, like get after it today, like start right now. It's actually not that hard and it's, it's a huge amount of fun. And even if they're not used to, you know, whatever the memories were or how you're doing it before, like you can start now and just start afresh, like get after yeah, it. I, I think a lot of people are after the quick fix. Yeah. I don't realize that. It's the journey, and, and it's something I've probably spoken about a lot lately is it's the journey. Like, and, and as I look back on different goals that I've set for myself in the past, as soon as you hit that goal, you might have a little bit of a you know, celebration for half a day, but then you want more. You know, it doesn't yep. matter if it's a weight loss goal or a you know, fitness metric or you know, a business goal, or whatever the case may be, you know, you're never happy. Like you get that dream car, but then now you want a bigger, uh, you know, faster car, or you get that dream house, and now you want a bigger house. And it's, Something that I think humans in general um, 
you know, don't realise that you're always chasing this goal, but 95% of the time you're on that journey. You know, you're spending a year of your life to hit that thing that you know you celebrate for 12 hours and then you know, spend another year trying to you know, better again. And you know, I think most fathers realise that it's been a long game. It's not those short-term things you never stick around. Um, it's just human nature to always want more and then you know, push yourself further and further. Yep, couldn't couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And I, I, keep those posts coming, mate, because they're fantastic. Yeah, oh, mate, it's, it's, you think you do it three thirty a.m. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> crazy, um, but mate, we'll wind up and um, obviously let you get home and um, get ready to start the day, and I'm going to finish off this gym session as well. But is there any final bits of advice or uh, anything that you've got coming up with the you know the new company and? or any of the speaking or business engagements that you're doing with other people um, that you want to you know, promote or shout out there before we make them? Oh, thanks very much, mate. Yeah, so if you're interested in, you know, in personalized health and, and how that's going on, I mean, there's, there's a universe of work out there that's really interesting, but our company is called Drop Bio, which is D-R-O-P-B-I-O.com. Uh, and there's some interesting information there um, that will only get richer as time goes on. Uh, and separate to that, you know, every week I write uh, a blog post about what I see in building companies. I've been doing that for 10 years and all that information lives on my blog um, and it's all free. And I do it because I want people to sort of think differently about how they can create value for themselves. Um, there are no courses there. There's, there's nothing being sold. It's just my reflections and a newsletter goes out every Sunday, which just helps people understand or have a different perspective on what it takes to build a product or a service. Um, from something really small to something really big. And um, my uh, website address is philhsc.com. And um, you're welcome to, to use as much of the lessons that are there. Take all of it um, so that you can, uh, you can get, it, get ahead. We hope it helps out. So, um, yeah. yeah, that'd be the two things. No worries, mate. And I'll make sure people are listening that you can go straight to the uh, bio below and click those links directly and um, get in touch with Phil. Um, yeah, fantastic. Mate, I highly appreciate, um, yeah, making the suggestion to one do the um, podcast sort of a bit um, off the cuff. I've got no notes or no nothing in front of me, so uh, <laughs> that's great. Blow the right, and um, yeah, if you're sorry about the barbells and the dumbbells, and usually this gym is dead quiet. I'm looking around now, and there's about eight other people, and I'm like, here I am in the corner just talking. Anyway, so mate, I appreciate that, and thanks a lot for your time, and um, yeah. Guys, make sure you connect with Phil on the socials and um, the website and yeah, look forward to following the journey with the new company. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Bye.